I don't know about you, but it seems everywhere I turn, people are angry. We're angry at the way others drive, angry at the way others talk, angry about, well, everything. Join us today as Pastor Rander gives us some sound biblical teaching about how we as Christians should act and react to the outside pressures the world places on us in this message, How to Remain Calm in a World Gone Mad. We'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Have your Bibles. Be so kind enough to turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. This is the last message in this series entitled, How to Remain Calm in a World Gone Mad. How to Remain Calm in a World Gone Mad. The scripture says in Ephesians 4, 26, 27, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil, nor give place to the devil. How to remain calm in a world gone mad. In previous messages, I have made you aware of anger and its devastating effects in our nation as well as in the world in which we live. In previous messages, we have defined anger. We have given examples of righteous and sinful anger revealed in Scripture. We have explained why people become angry. We have given different levels of anger. We've given signs of hidden anger, and we've also spoken on uh, how people handle anger. If your anger is getting the best of you, it is critical that you are set free and healed, lest it destroy you and those you love the most. You see, my friends, the following principles would be beneficial for healing to occur if we would adhere to these principles that I'm about to give. So so just write this down. God's prescription for healing your anger. God's prescription for healing your anger. Number one. If you do not know the Lord as your personal Savior, you need to call on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. For the Lord is the only one who is able to heal your soul. So your soul needs to be saved. And once you have come into a saving, authentic relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then and only then can you be healed of anger and bitterness and rage and fury, and wrath. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. John fifteen five says, Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. So you got to realize you can't cure yourself of anything. You need the power of God. You need a power outside of you. And that's that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the power. He is able to heal like only he can heal. 
unless you repent and surrender your anger to Jesus Christ, it will destroy you. How many people are in the grave because of anger? How many people are totally destroyed emotionally because of anger? How many people have destroyed their families because of anger? How many people are in prison because of anger? Luke 13, 3 says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And unless you ask God to heal your soul and heal your anger, it will ultimately destroy you. Number two, if you're going to deal with anger within you, know who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. As a child of God, your personal worth is founded on the truth that God loves you. Jesus died for you and the Holy Spirit indwells you. Only when you deny self and allow the Lord to be in control of your life and not allowing your emotions to control you, can you be healed of anger and then respond to others with love and compassion. Do you know you belong to Christ? Do you know you're called to represent Christ? Do you realize you're the salt of the, of the earth? Do you realize we are his people, the sheep of his pastor? We are his children, and we can't be God's finest of representatives until we get a handle on anger. Matthew 16, 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The gospel of John 3.30 says, he must increase, I must decrease. In other words, if you're going to, to look like Jesus, if you're going to be a disciple and learner of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is important that it be less of you and more of God. There must be a decreasing of our ego and our pride and our selfish ways and our attitudes and a decreasing of those things and an increasing of the presence of God in our lives. Number three, if you're going to be healed of anger, you need to admit that you are angry. Do not suppress or deny how you feel. Remember that anger which is denied or suppressed can never be healed. Anger that is denied or suppressed can never be healed. James 5.16a says, Confess your trespass to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You can't really worship God with a spirit of anger. That's right. You can't exalt his holy and high name uh, with, with anger resident in the soul, in the life of an individual. You, you can't worship God. You can't even pray authentically with anger embedded all in your life. That's right. You can't encourage anybody if you're angry. You can't even help anybody if you're angry. You can't even help yourself if you're angry. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another 
that you may be healed. Number four, try to understand why you're angry. After you identify and admit that you're angry, then you need to try to understand why you are angry. In other words, can you isolate the cause? Refuse to make excuses like, well, anger runs in my family. My mama was angry. My daddy was angry. We came out of a violent family. Let me tell you something. A whole lot of folk came out of bad families. But just because you came out of that family don't mean you have to perpetuate that kind of a thing. Refuse to make excuses like anger runs in my family. or I don't mean anything by it. Or, That's just the way I am. I can't help myself. Excuse me, child. (laughs) Uh, I'm just not there yet. Here's one. Be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Have you heard that one before? It is true. God may not be through with you. That's obvious. (laughs) But he should be making progress in you. He's not through with me either, but you ought to see some evidence of my progress as I grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's just the way you are. What God want to do, do, want you to do something about the way you are. Don't get complacent with the way you are. You keep working on yourself. Allow the word of God to sift that rubbish up so that you can be all that he is calling you to be these excuses my friends avoids the real root of the problem my friend excuses will not change your condition did you get that no one is changed by excuses will not change your conditions what is needed is a transformed heart therefore take responsibilities for your sins psalms 51 three and four. You need to turn there, if you will, is the account where David had committed adultery with another man's wife and God got a hold to him and Nathan was called and and used as God as a prophetic voice in uh, David's life to, to call sin out in his life. And he said, you are the man. And um, David humbles himself Uh, and, uh, after his chastening and all these things, and after all is said and done, uh, Psalms 51, 3 and 4 shows how repentant David really is. It says, for I acknowledge my transgressions as sins. Look, he says, he says, my transgressions. He's not talking about everybody else's. That's why you can't be healed. You're looking at other folk issues and not dealing with your own sins. He says, my transgressions. Say my sins. Say it again. My sins. See, everybody else's problem. That's why you can't get any better. You, you're in everybody else's cup of tea and you're not stirring up your own tea. For I acknowledge my transgressions. And look, look at that personal pronoun. My sins is always before me. Me. It's me, oh Lord. And then look, against you, you only have I sinned. I didn't make a mistake. I didn't slip. 
I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Sin is evil. There's no such thing as a cute sin. There's no such thing as a little sin. All sin is ugly. All sin is evil. And done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Wow, isn't that a powerful passage right there? That's a very powerful passage. So try to understand why you're angry. Number five, avoid having serious discussions when you are physically and emotionally drained and fatigued. Avoid having serious discussions when you are physically and emotionally drained and fatigued. This creates an opportunity for Satan to exploit and do his best work and you will say things you will regret and t- cannot take back because you're tired and fatigued. In other words, wives, your husband come through the door and you've been off that day and he's all tired and he's worked 12 hours and you want to bring up an issue that's been bothering you for the last six weeks. Tommy, he hasn't taken his shoes off yet. That is not the time. That's right. Either husbands, your wife, you come home and uh, your wife has been dealing with the children and the time you come in the door, you want to stir up some some issue that's been bothering you as it relates to what your wife has done back in 1932. And your wife been wrestling with the children and cleaning up throw up and we're changing diapers and pampers and all these things. And all of a sudden you come home and you want to have a serious discussion. That's not time yet. You have to choose your time in the spirit of God. Be sensitive to the state or the emotional state of others. If you're tired and you're wore out and you, you just out of it, that is not the time to say, you know what, we need to have a serious talk. No, you don't. You can wait. Because if you have a serious talk when it's not time to have that serious talk, you'll have an explosion in your face. God makes everything beautiful in his time. Number six, honestly assess your expressions of anger. Honestly ex- assess your expressions of anger. If, for example, you explode first and talk later, probe for alternative appropriate expressions. Look for ways to deal with each hurt as it arises before pent up unresolved problems can cause an eruption out of frustrations. Honestly assess your expressions of anger. If, for example, you explode first, talk later, pro for alternative appropriate expressions. Look for ways to deal with each hurt as it arises before pent-up unresolved problems cause an eruption out of frustration. And here's a big point here. Hurt people hurt people. Did you get that? Hurt, that's why we want you to be healed. Because when you hurt, you hurt. Not only do you hurt, but you end up hurting others because you are hurt. You understand what I'm saying? Earnestly pray for deliverance from a spirit of anger. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9 says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry. For anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Anger lodges. I mean, if we let the anger just be prolonged, it'll make a fool out of your child. 
fool out of a husband, fool out of a mother, fool out of a child, fool out of a student in school, come into school and kill up teachers and all. You see, so be not quick in your spirit to become angry. Number seven, there are times when your anger or criticism is legitimate. There are times when your anger or criticism is legitimate. Seek the Lord's timing as to when to address an issue and speak the truth in love. You know, I got something I want to tell you. I want to get this off my chest. I'm sick and tired. Oh, no, 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 that's not the way to do that. Speak in love. Use imaginative, you know, color up your words. Honey, sugar, I have a concern. Can we take a moment to discuss these things? Do you have a little time now? Is it is this the right time? It was Thomas Kemper. Y'all laughing because y'all don't talk like that. <laughs> That's funny to y'all. <laughs> it was Thomas Kempis who said, and I quote, when anger enters the mind, wisdom departs, unquote. When anger enters the mind, wisdom departs. Listen, when you're angry, every ounce of wisdom you have, just go. Then Satan exploits you. You can't act wise. You can't think critically. You don't even think logically. You can't think spirit, spirit-filled thoughts. Anger becomes a barrier to that kind of thing. You see, Proverbs 15, 1, instead of going off and shouting and screaming and hollering and cussing and, and huffing and fussing, you got to realize that Proverbs 15, 1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And, and sometimes the poor man is trying or the lady is trying, honey, what you want? No, no. Harsh words, harsh words, just harsh, cold. Some of you husbands are too cold. Some of your wife, your comments are too cutting. You're not sensitive. You don't think before you speak. And it's to the detriment of your own marriage. You, your marriage will, will go up 10 feet if you just start communicating better. And speaking in love. You know what, what amazes me? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of y'all talk better to your friends and other church members than you do your own spouse. Oh, child. Oh, God. I'm praying for you. Isn't God good? What's your prayer list? What you want? Look. All that spiritual talk on that phone ought to be transferred to your children and your spouse once you hang up that phone. You ought to talk to them just as spiritually as you talk to other members in this church. Now, that's hypocrisy to talk to others better than you talk to your own family. That's right. It's hypocritical Come all the way to church. You're not speaking to one another, but not you shaking and embracing and hugging everybody in church. And go home and still don't talk. You need to watch what you do, what you say. Number eight, ask yourself 
Is expressing anger the best response? Ask yourself, is expressing anger the best response? Is there a more appropriate response to, to this problem than anger? Is there a better way I could handle this situation instead of expressing myself in a spirit of anger? Instead of expressing anger by the Holy Spirit's power, control your anger and allow him to help you rechannel your anger Focusing on compassion. To use that, that's why you want to get over your anger, because all that, all that energy and all of that that it takes to be angry, you could be using that emotion more constructively in being kind. Rechannel that anger and be more sympathetic. Instead of being angry, be more understanding. Instead of being angry, be more sensitive, which will result in your own healing and your being a blessing to others. Proverbs 14, 29 says, he who is slow to wrath has understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Those are some great scriptures in Psalms. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive, exalts folly. Number nine, determine whether your anger is the kind that rises too quickly. If so, when you start to feel angry, seek the Lord's guidance through prayer. You got to understand prayer is a restrainer. Prayer will help you control your emotions. Prayer will control your anger. Prayer is a restrainer. So seek the Lord's guidance through prayer. If you feel yourself getting out of control, stop where you are, settle down, cool down, and separate yourself temporarily from the conflict or provoking situation. Giving your emotions time to settle down will cause you to begin to think clearly. When you settle yourself down, you'll be able to think objectively. And most of all, you can hear what God is saying when you cool down, calm down, settle down. You can hear what God is saying. God wants to speak if you would just let him speak. Here's a scripture. If you just think you can't hold yourself let me give you another scripture to calm you down. This is a pretty good one. Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Ooh. I mean, I just got to go up. I got to, I, I got to tell, I got to get off my chest. You don't understand. I, 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 I got to, I can't hold it. And uh, there are a lot of fools even in the church. A fool vents all his feelings. I mean, you just share, you just go off. Everybody know you mad. Everybody know you out of control. They know you've lost it. Don't be a fool. A fool vents all his, his, his feelings or her feelings, but a wise man or woman holds them back. You have power under control. Number 10, 
Seek to decrease the amount of time you will allow yourself to remain angry. You know, some of y'all been angry far too long. Three years over something that's that hurts you or wrongs you. Remember, the sooner you get over it and move on, the better off you will be. So seek to decrease the amount of time you allow yourself to remain angry. Remember, the sooner you get over it and move on, the better off you will be. Set a limit on the time you'll spend dwelling on the issue and rehearsing your hurt, your pain, or whatever. you rehearsing it over in your mind, over and over and over. You're living in it. you just over and over. You just can't let it go. You, I mean, you're rehearsing. You can't, you, you're at church, and you can't worship. You can't enjoy. You're rehearsing over that thing. Over your, something your husband said, your child said, some member said, and you. every time you see them, you just, here it go. It just comes up, and it go, you, you're rehearsing that whole scenario over and over and over. You see it. Uh-oh, here it comes, over and over and over. And you turn it, it's controlling you. It's ruling you. It's dominating you. It's destroying you. Destroying you. You must set limits on it. Focusing on it and dwelling on it too long will lead to your own detriment. You destroy yourself. I look what Isaiah 57, 16 says. Just jot it down. God is saying, for I will not fight against you forever. I will not always be angry. I like what God says. If I were, all the people would pass away. Did you get that? Man, that just struck me. It's in your Bible. Did you? For I will not fight against you forever. I will not always be angry. If I were, all people would pass away. All the souls I have made. In other words, you don't want God to stay angry at you. You don't want God. That's a bit. You don't want God. Listen, you don't want God to. If, listen, if God stayed angry at us, nobody would be in this room. We couldn't take the wrath of God. I'm so glad God knows how to lighten up. I, I'm so glad God knows how to chasten us in love. And then once we cry for forgiveness, he don't hold it. It's just as if we've never done it by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109 directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.